Chica, host of Practical Torah, a show of Rebirth Radio. Each week we will reflect on the Torah reading for that week, pulling out inspiration and wisdom for our everyday life. This week's Torah portion is Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. The title of this Torah portion is Bereshit or in the beginning, commonly known as Genesis. And so, Yah, as we prepare to study your word, we just ask that your Ruach HaKodesh have its way. We ask that you give us wisdom and insight. Help us to be not only hearers or readers of your word, but doers of your word. Yah, let everyone under the sound of my voice learn something new about you today. And if there's anyone over the airways today that does not know you personally through your son Yahshua, let them get to know you today. Yah, please help us to know what you meant for creation to be at the beginning so that we can help bring your kingdom to pass as we march towards the end of this age and the beginning of a glorious new age. Yah, we just say hallelujah and we give you all the praise for being our creator and the creator of the universe. In Yahshua's name we pray, amen. So when we look at this week's Torah portion, so much is going on. We have the creation of man, the creation of woman, the creation of the earth, the creation of the animals. We have a, We have the first, Matriarchs and patriarchs of humanity, Adam, Eve, Cain, we even hear of Enoch. Um, we even in Genesis 6 read about um, the sons of the, the, um, the gods being with the daughters of men. And that is a whole other radio show in and of itself. But what I want to do is just pull back and focus on one thing that sticks out to me about Genesis. When we look at Genesis chapter 1, we see um, a curious phrase that many of us just read over. And really in our society, we're taught to ignore this, this word, this characteristic. We're taught to diminish it. We're taught to hate it. But actually, when you really delve into um, Yah's word and what our ancestors put in that word, you really get to see something beautiful about Yah's creation and about ourselves. When we read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, we read, 
In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The earth came to be formless and empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of Elohim was moving on the face of the water. So for this Torah portion or Torah reading reflection, we're going to just focus on Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and we're really going to hone into this word darkness or dark when I when we say we're doing the Torah portion readings these are not rabbinical commentaries but these are just basically scripture reading plans where you can go through the first five books of Torah within a year or within a yearly feast or set-apart day cycle. Um, for some, it starts new in the fall. For some, it starts new in the Hebrew New Year in the spring. The Torah, Torah reading schedule that I am using from First Fruits of Zion starts again after the fall feast. But many of us keep different calendars, so you, like me, may still be in the midst of the fall feast. But if you are late to reading the Torah, you can just start with whatever week you um, find yourself at. You don't have to go back to the beginning because once you get to the end of Torah, you're going to go right back to Genesis again. And this is a great way to read scripture if you don't know where to start. So going back to this term darkness or dark. We know for so-called African-American people, African people, black people, Hebrew people, brown people, this term dark really gets a bad rap. Even the term black gets a bad rap. And we know through the social construct of race and racism, these terms black and white have been placed on different humans, brown, yellow, and we know that people are not the color of crayons. And many times in scripture, Lightness means um, something good or morality, and darkness may mean something evil or something immoral. But we cannot honestly say, when you examine the scriptures in the Hebrew, that darkness is always something that's bad. Darkness may be a mystery, but it is not bad. Because when we read in Genesis 1, Yah said everything he created was good. And so... We're going to focus this week on the term darkness in Genesis 1, verse 2. So when we read about the creation of the earth, when we read about the beginning, which is what Barashit means, commonly known as Genesis, we see that the earth is formless, it's empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep, but the spirit of Elohim was moving on the face of the waters. When we look up this term and darkness in the Hebrew, we see that it's actually used in Exodus 14:20, 2 Samuel 22:10, Psalm 18:9, Psalm 97:2, Isaiah 8:27, Nehemiah 1:8, and even Hebrews 12:18 in the Brit Harashah. Darkness over the earth as a term is used in Genesis 1-2, 2, 
Job 38.9, and Jeremiah 4.23. I love this verse because years ago, in about 2008, with the Poverty Initiative at Union Theological Seminary, we went on a trip through the South to retrace the steps of Dr. King's Poor People's Campaign. Today, you might hear of the Poor People's Campaign um, under the banner of the Cairo Center or Repairing the, the Breaches, which are social justice ministry organizations. But I was blessed and honored to actually work with Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris and Willie Baptist, a formerly homeless father and veteran community organizer who mentored me in faith-based organizing over 10 years ago when they were just envisioning what reviving Dr. King's Poor People's Campaign would mean. Many of us just think Dr. King was focused on integration, but don't know that towards the end of his life, he was planning a Poor People's Campaign and he was planning a trip to Israel with other black pastors because the first prime minister of Israel actually invited him and other black pastors. But unfortunately, the prime minister who was on a search for lost tribes of Israel and Dr. King were both killed before this trip could take place. And many of us don't know why Dr. King and black pastors were invited or what that would have meant for our people for him to be in the land. We have to be careful of judging our ancestors so harshly based on the knowledge we have today. Because they did not have the knowledge we had, but they still did things that help us get where we are today, for better or worse. So I'm on this trip to Marks, Mississippi, which is the town that inspired Dr. King to have a poor people's campaign to deal with our economic situation. And it's a historically black town, and we're taken to the church in Marks, Mississippi, where Dr. King preached. And my friend, Ben who, like me, was a seminarian. He was about one year um, ahead of me in seminary, smart brother from Chicago, from the shy, is sitting with the rest of the seminarians. And then the pastor, this black southern pastor, says, you know, when I was in seminary, if you would go to a church, the pastor may just call you from your seat and expect you to preach a sermon on a scripture from the top of your head. And he was looking at us almost like he's going to haze us with this challenge. And so we're all just living in fear and we're praying, you know, y'all don't let us, don't let me be the one he calls on to preach. And we're all trying to just be invisible so this pastor doesn't see us. So this service starts and sure enough, the pastor looks at my friend Ben and he calls him up to preach in the pulpit that Dr. King preached in. But he had to preach off the top of his head with no preparation. So Ben takes a Bible that's on the pulpit and he opens up to Genesis 1 and he reads, In the beginning Elohim created the heavens and the earth, and the earth came to be formless and empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of Elohim was moving on the face of the waters. And then Ben hones in on this phrase, and darkness. And he talks about how darkness was at the beginning of humanity. 
And that darkness is beautiful. And that darkness is what we are. And that Yah made no mistakes when he made us dark. It was a beautiful sermon, one of the most beautiful sermons I ever heard in my life. And I think if Ben had time to prepare to preach in a pulpit Dr. King preached on, he probably would have did something great but very academic. But at that moment, standing in that poor black town, the only town that brought Dr. King to public tears, Ben read this piece of Torah and he saw the word darkness and the Ruach gave him a revelation of how Yah feels about his people. That was a very beautiful moment and it always stuck with me and it had me thinking about darkness. In Yah's word. When we look at Smith's Bible Dictionary, darkness is spoken of as encompassing the actual presence of Yah. And it's this presence of Yah out of which Yah can speak. Yah speaks out of the darkness. And the darkness envelopes Yah's word as if it were divine glory. We see this in Exodus 20, 21 and in 1 Kings 8, 12. The plague of darkness in Egypt was miraculous. The darkness over all the land. We see this term in Matthew 27, 45. There was a darkness all over the land accompanying, accompanying when Yahshua was being crucified. Some attribute it to an eclipse, but it was also undoubtedly miraculous, just like the darkness that was caused by the plague in Egypt. When we look at darkness in these terms, the darkness that accompanies a plague that frees our people, and the darkness that accompanies the sacrifice of Yahshua, which spiritually freed our people, which also happened right around Passover, we see the beauty of darkness, just like my friend Ben. The sages say that Yah hides what is precious in darkness. Now, when I say the sages, I'm talking about those Hebrew ancestors who told oral stories about Torah and even wrote some oral stories about Torah. They actually said Yah hides what is precious to him in the darkness. And so some say that's why many of the so-called lost tribes of Israel are currently being hidden in Africa. If we move forward to Genesis 2 verse 8, we also read about another theme I want to pick from this Torah portion. So we have darkness. But we also have this theme of a garden, which is going to be connected to another type of, gar of darkness in a minute. Genesis 8, and Yah Elohim planted a garden in Eden to the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground Elohim made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. With the tree of life in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon, and is the one surrounding the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Beladim is there, and the Shoham stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one surrounding the entire land of Cush, now known as Ethiopia and even some parts of India. And the name of the third river is Hadeko. It is the one which goes towards the east of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And Yah Elohim took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to guard it. Today, many scholars say that where the Garden of Eden and those rivers um, would have been is modern-day Uganda, Sudan, Ethiopia. Whenever you hear Kush, that is another word for Ethiopia. Many say the Garden of Eden was in what we now call today East Africa. And the oldest human remains were found in East Africa. Now, when we look at gardens in Torah, we have to know that in ancient Mesopotamian culture and mythology, or ancient Near East mythology, the Garden of the Gods and the Garden of Yah, the Supreme Deity, is described as a paradise, a place of abundance and splendor. The Divine Garden is, sim is the symbolic center of the world. The place where the world that is and the world that is possible become entangled. And that's from Messianic scholar Rebecca Devine. Now when we look at how gardens were seen in the ancient world, kings were associated with gardens. Kings had beautiful gardens. You can think about the Garden of Harambi that you may have learned about in school. But there is an association with kings and gardens. So when we look at the Garden of Eden, we see Yah or Elohim as the king and this as his garden. But then Yah places Adam, the first man, and Adam in Hebrew means reddish brown soil, the kind of soil you see in Mississippi and certain parts of Nigeria and Ghana, reddish brown soil. Um, Yah places this man in this garden, which almost is like Yah is crowning Adam as a king. And so whenever you read about gardens in the Torah or in any part of scripture, think about kingship, think about royalty. Now, if we flip a little bit further in the Tanakh to some of our more poetic literature, we read the Song of Songs, or what some call the Song of Solomon. Now, again, in this piece of scripture, we see allusions to gardens. And some associate this with the song, with King Solomon. So it's no surprise that gardens are throughout this scripture. When you read the Song of Songs, you read about garden imagery. Throughout the book, you read about spices and flowers and fruits and vegetables and just all types of agriculture. Some say this, this story involves Solomon and Queen Sheba, but many say it harkens back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis.
when we look at the Song of Songs, we don't only see this garden imagery, but in Song of Songs chapter 1, verses 5 to 6, we see dark am I and lovely. Many English Bibles wrongly translated as dark am I but lovely or dark am I but comely, but vav, which is the Hebrew word that can be translated as and or but, doesn't always mean but. It's up to the translator to choose, will I translate vav as and or as but. And so many translators influenced by racism translated this verse, dark am I but lovely, but it should read dark am I and lovely. For the sisters, that's where the dark and lovely product gets its name from. So again, we see this imagery of a garden where maybe a king is in a phenomenal love story. We see this image of darkness being associated with beauty. And that harkens back to Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2. When you study the Torah, it's important to really get to learn the Torah because it will be referred to in the Tanakh, in the Psalms, in the Proverbs, in Song of Songs, in the Brit Harashi, which is the New Testament. It will be refer- referred to over and over again. Themes, words, phrases from Torah will come up again and again all the way to Revelation. And if you don't have a good grasp of the Torah, you won't have a good grasp of the scriptures. And so today, I want to encourage you to read the whole Torah portion, Genesis 1 to Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Write down your questions, your comments, use a concordance to find out what certain words mean the way I did with darkness. You can go to blueletterbible.com, and it's a free resource where you can click on different words and phrases in the scripture and see what they mean in the Hebrew. It's very important that we closely study the word of Yah. I was able to get all of that just from the term and darkness in the Torah. And that's why it's important that we go through constantly reading the Torah, not once, but many times. And so as we close today, I just want to remind everyone that Yah has indeed made us dark and lovely. From the beginning, everything and everyone Yah created was declared good. Yah, as we go through our week, remind us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Remind us of the beauty of darkness. Remind us of the beauty of your creation. Help us not to look to what the world says we are, but to look to who your word says we are. And Yah, if there is anyone out there today who does not know you personally through your son Yahshua, help them to get to know you today and give them a divine revelation of your love. In Yahshua's name. So be it. Rebirth Radio is a project of Hebrew Nation Building, a ministry to awaken, restore, and repair Yah's people. To learn more and to offer a donation of support, visit rebirthofanation.info. 
To learn more about Prophetic Whirlwind uncovering the black biblical destiny, visit www.propheticworldwind.com. And remember, if it's not practical, it probably ain't Torah. Shalom.